Miracy. And so what I see people do is they put themselves, they become a prisoner to over-delivery on the coach's side, on the business side. And we put the customer, our coaches or our clients, we put them into this mode of feeling like they're drinking from a fire hydrant. Have you ever wondered about that delicate dance between truly wowing your client and potentially overwhelming them? It's something I've been buzzing with anticipation to dive into today with a returning guest. We're gonna explore the intriguing contrast between constant over-delivery and its more nuanced cousin, strategic over-delivery. I'm Melinda Cohen and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console and we're proud to have helped tens of thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. Think of it this way. If you're served a seven course meal when you only asked for a light brunch, it might be too much, right? So here's the spicy question we're exploring today. What's the real difference between constantly showering clients with more and more versus mindfully over-delivering in those pivotal moments? Trust me, it's not just about giving more, it's about giving right. And today I've invited a friend and a peer entrepreneur that is returning to discuss this juicy topic with me. Jason Friedman is here on the show today. He's the founder and CEO, or as he calls himself, Chief Experience Officer of CX Formula. His company helps businesses improve their customer experience, increase customer loyalty, revenues, referability, and happiness. Welcome, Jason. Hey, Melinda. How are you? So excited to be here. I am so good and so excited to have you back on the show. And last time we talked about onboarding. And before we get into today's topic and dive in, would you just share a little bit of your background with our listeners? Absolutely. My background started out in all places theater. So I was a, I was a lighting designer and backstage person. But for my entire life, I helped people tell their stories and help bring the stories to life to a live audience and learned through that Mr. Miyagi method of wax on, wax off, kind of how do you actually create an experience for people? How do you get people so focused, so engaged, so present that they forget about everything else and they're with you and they follow you and they stay connected to you? And so over many, many years, I worked with everyone from retailers to hospitality, nightclubs, theme parks, museums, you name it, entrepreneurs, big businesses, small businesses. And the through line for all of this is how do we actually help your customers get the biggest, best results? How do we get them focused? How do we get them engaged? And what are the tools in our toolbox that we can use to help them be as successful as possible while having an amazing experience? And yeah, just been loving the journey and super excited to be here with you today. I'm excited to dive into the heart of our topic because I really think your unique perspective is going to be enlightening for our listeners. Now, we often hear, especially with newer coaches that listen to this show that we work with at Coaches Console, sometimes their fear, sometimes it's just their enthusiasm and excitement for getting started. And it has them just gushing everything to their prospects and audience and clients. And we often hear the importance of going above and beyond. For our clients. But there's that fine line between, you know, what I was saying in the intro, that constant over delivery 
and strategic over-delivery. And so to start us off, can you just explain the core differences between those two and why is it important to know this distinction? Yeah, I mean, if you'll give me just a little bit of leeway here, I want to back up just even one slight little bit on that before defining it. I think the key to all of this delivery, over-delivery, under-delivery is context, right? And I think context is one of the most important pieces of this puzzle. And so when we look at any kind of over-delivery, whether it be constant or strategic, it's in relationship to what? It's in relationship to an expectation that was set. It was in a relationship to a set of deliverables that were promised. And so more often than not, what we forget as business owners, as service providers, we want to give them more. We want to help them get bigger results. And so that's where we start to go and like, let me do a little more. Let me help them a little bit more. Let me add a little bit more stuff. And what ends up happening is that baseline of context starts to get blurred. And so in over-delivery mode, if we're constantly over-delivering, the expectation is reset to that higher level of constant over-delivery. That becomes expected. It's no longer special. It's no longer different. It becomes normal. It is the normal, if that makes sense. And so what I see people do is they put themselves, they become a prisoner to over-delivery on the coach's side, on the business side. And we put the customer, our coaches or our clients, we put them into this mode of feeling like they're drinking from a fire hydrant. It's overwhelm. It's overload. It's too much. And so they feel so full that they feel like, you know what, this doesn't feel so good anymore. That's kind of how I think about that first part. The second part, the strategic over-delivery part, is really where you start to think about what are the moments where over-delivery actually helps? What are the moments where we've done everything at that expectation level? We'll call that baseline. And now there's a couple key moments that we want to go above the baseline. And there's a lot of great reasons to do that. It could be that you want to surprise and delight somebody. It could be that something's going to be a little bit hard coming down the pike. There's going to be some friction. And so you want to induce some momentum. You want to give them a little extra burst of energy before they get to that harder part to help them power through that. And so what we try and teach people to do, what we try and help people do is let's really look at the various moments in that journey that your client's going through with you and find where those moments are, where that strategic point really matters, where it's going to help them get through a tough time over something that's a little more difficult, excite them so that they want to do more and really help them get that ultimate end result. And so I think that's the difference between constant over-delivery and strategic over-delivery. Now, let's talk a little bit about what drives this, because I know this was helpful for me. Oh my gosh, it's probably been eight or nine years ago when you and I had this first conversation. And I remember you said in that moment, more is not better. More actually creates overwhelm. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, that's right. And that was a myth or misunderstanding or misconception that I didn't even realize I was falling into. But remembering that, and that has stuck with me over the years. More doesn't mean better. How can I intentionally, strategically place these moments and create those moments with my client in mind to help contribute to their momentum? Is it helping them moving forward or am I just throwing more at them because my excitement's getting the best of me or my fear is taking over or I've lost sight of the whole purpose of what we're doing or a number of reasons. But let's talk about what some of the things that drives forgetting about the strategic over-delivering and dropping into that constant unconscious over-delivery. What are some of the things that you see drive that? Yeah, that's a great question. 
I think you hit a couple of them right off the bat as you were kind of introing this question. I think fear is interesting. So it's actually fear of not providing enough value. We coaches, business owners, entrepreneurs, we don't necessarily understand the value of what we're creating. And we do have that myth of that more is better, right? So how do we give them the most valuable stuff? How do we become the best Cliff Notes version of the novel so that they can get all the information? Like they want to pay us to curate and comb through and give them the best of the best. There's more value in that. Another one that just came to mind for me was, you know, are they getting an ROI, a return on investment? And it doesn't always mean monetary investment. That's probably one thing. But what are the tangible returns on investments and the intangible returns on investment? Like at Coach's Console, one of the intangible returns, when somebody says, oh, my gosh, I have a real business. Like we know that phrase, value has been delivered. It's important to remember what are the tangible and intangible things that we can measure, whether it's something we see or something we hear or something that can be marked off or something the client experiences. I think that's another way that we can make sure that we're providing enough value. And I think that is worth underlying in our notes, enough value, not overvalue, but enough value. What I know to be true is that most often recognition is undervalued in an organization and recognition of progress. We as coaches and business owners, we don't always see that and share that. And so, for example, I was on a coaching call with a group that I'm leading yesterday. And one of the things that we talked a lot about on that coaching call was how they've shifted. What we talked about was, let's start to recognize people for the behaviors that they do that we know lead to the results instead of just only celebrating the results. We're celebrating the first wins, the quick wins, the little wins, all of the things along the way. And I will call that a strategic over-delivery. They're not expected for you to be paying that much attention to their progress. And so it's an over-delivery that you're that involved in their journey in a way, but it's not stuff. And when you're recognizing the steps that they've taken, the behaviors, the little things that they've done throughout the journey, it induces momentum. It adds that boost that they need to take the next step, even though it may be harder and harder, even though the skills that they need may be increasing, but they're also gaining. And so it's a really powerful way to think about that and how you can really pay attention to the behaviors, the little steps. And like you said, the result may be that soundbite, that I have a real business. That may be the result that you're looking for in that part of that journey. Now, one of the things that I know about coaches, like, you know, as coaches, we are so forward focused. We look, what are the goals? What are the outcomes? What's the journey we need to take to get to a destination? And I think another place where recognition is undervalued is on the journey that has happened so far. Oh, yes. I think there's a lot of importance. And that's another way that we can have that intentional over-delivery to make sure that we're recognizing how far we've come on the journey, because that in itself, whether that's the recognition of the journey, the gratitude for the journey that's been made so far, that becomes the fuel that makes the forward progress or the mountain in front of you seem less daunting. Now, what are some of the telltale signs that a coach, you know, they might be getting into that constant over-delivery spot? Like for me, before you and I had this conversation all those years ago, there were moments I didn't even realize it was happening. 
in hindsight, after our conversation, I was like, oh, I'm delivering the fire hose experience to my clients. And that may not be great. Only not everybody likes to drink from the fire hose. I don't know if anybody does. But what are some of the telltale signs that you can pay attention to that this might be happening? Yeah. So from the customer perspective, right, like looking at the customer side of things, like you will see drop off right? You will see lack of engagement and that can come in a lot of forms, right? It could come in that they don't show up on group calls when they're on Zoom. You see a few less faces showing up and more consistently. It can be in the form of opening your emails and your communications. It can be in like looking at your recordings and videos. If you were checking your video plays, it can be in a lot of those kind of ways. So you can start to see them pulling back. And more often than not, what I find is that life got in the way right? And life gets in the way when it feels like there's too much to do over here. And so that's one of the telltale signs that we see. Life gets in the way. That is something that we hear and we've been able to identify after, now this has been years of studying our program. And for us, we can identify the particular module and the particular timing that if we have not done our job in creating the customer experience, that this phrase will start coming up. And it's like, here, this is the week, ladies and gentlemen. And so we know, okay, let's go upstream and how can we smooth out the customer experience? And even when we do our best job and create a great path, we're still going to hear it because some people, it's just they hit that too muchness and they start pulling back. And the way we hear it is, oh, so-and-so just happened. Life's getting in the way. We actually hear that phrase and we can pinpoint it. So that's a big one for people as they're getting out of their comfort zone. And one of our common friends, Barry Baumgartner, she always taught me you know, it's easier to let life get in the way. It's harder to go for your dreams. And so I spend a lot of time with my team saying, alert, alert, coach them around this. I mean, it's all legit things when life gets in the way. And don't take it at surface value. Let it be an and and say, okay, I get it. And let's talk about this. 100%. I love that. And, you know, here's the thing. When someone buys a course, a program, coaching package, a mastermind, or you name it. When someone purchases something, even the larger investments, it's an intention. It is not a commitment. The commitment comes when you you push them to make that commitment. And we we together make a commitment. And the stronger the commitment, obviously, the more likely they'll have the results. And here's the thing. We need to remind ourselves of our commitments all the time, right? It's like you have the wedding ring on your finger, right? That reminds you of that commitment. It's the symbol of that commitment. What is the symbol of the commitment that you have with your clients, with your customers? And how does that show up? And how are you reminding them throughout the journey of that commitment and of that why, like why they wanted that commitment in the first place? And so when you get to that chapter, we as the coaches, as the course creators, as the authors, speakers, entrepreneurs, however you identify, whatever we do, We need to be setting and managing expectations, reminding people of their commitment before that friction point arrives, and then figuring out different ways that we can excite them or add acceleration going into it. It could be that we just say, look, we know what's going to happen on the other side of that hill. It's all downhill from there. So this is going to be the hardest part. We're here with you. We're going to hold your hand. We're going to help you through this and know that on the other side is where things get super exciting. It could be that you found a way to make it a hill a little bit less steep. It could be that you have a huge reward on the other side that they actually are excited about getting. But whatever that is, understanding the terrain and helping to set and manage expectations through that, that is where like 
if you want to talk about over delivery, right? Like just knowing that and helping them through that, in my mind, that's over delivery compared to all your peers out there because nobody's doing that. Yeah. And you don't even have to change the journey. You don't have to change anything. It reminds me this one time I was, you know, I'm a big skier. And so I was skiing. One of my mentors is also a skier. And that was the only way you could coach with him. You had to go spend three days Copper Mountain. And he would use the mountain as an analogy for business, business as an analogy for mountain. And there was this one point in during the day and it had gotten really foggy and skiing. We call it a whiteout. And we're at this part of this mountain. I'd never been on it before. We couldn't see the terrain in front of us. It was a whiteout. And he was like, OK, let's stop right here. Here's what's coming up. We've got about this kind of distance. You're going to dip down a hill and you're going to come up a hill. But in order to get up the hill on the other side, you have to go really fast or you're going to have to walk up that hill. Now, it's interesting and exciting enough when you can see, but because you can't see, it's going to feel weird. But I promise you, it's smooth all the way down and just stay straight. Follow my voice. You'll hear the sound of my voice and you will make it to the top of the hill. And off he goes and he disappears. And we're like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, I got to go next or I'm going to chicken out. And so I just, it's like you point your skis downhill and it was a pretty steep hill. And sure enough, it was exactly like he said. And then I could feel it leveling off. And I'm like, okay, I go up, 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 up. I hope I make it. And I made it. And I could hear his voice. He was like, I'm here. Follow my voice. I'm here. And I could hear that. So I felt like I was flying blind, but he gave me the expectations, mapped it out for me. I could borrow his trust. I could hear his voice and I made it. And so did everybody else. And so just being able to articulate, here's what's about to happen Here's how you're going to navigate. It didn't make it easier. I didn't have to learn anything new or do anything differently. I just had to do it. And so I love that you said sometimes it's just, you know, stating the expectation and giving the description to it. I love that story. Can I use that story? I'll quote you yes. for sure. But I love that story. It's so perfect and beautiful. And that's the thing. And you borrowed his confidence to do that. And that's what we all need to do with our clients in those rough patches. It's exactly that. I mean, it's the best story I've ever heard to illustrate that point, And I love it. And I encourage all of you, anybody that's listening, like find those moments of friction. Because when you can help get people through those moments, the gratitude, the way that they feel about you is tremendous. It builds even more trust. It's just a beautiful thing. So speaking of these moments, these moments of friction, you've been talking about them. How does a coach identify it, whether it's you know, they might be offering one-on-one -on -one coaching or a group coaching program or an online course, however they package their services. How can we identify those moments of friction? We do these workshops where we help people go through, we call it the kinetic customer formula. How do we get your customers to be more kinetic and active and engaged in going through that? And so what we do is we actually map out every step of their journey. We take a specific avatar or customer persona, right? A specific, you know, archetype of one of your customers. And you probably have three or four in your business, maybe five, but we take them by that. And then we look at that avatar and the journey of whatever program you're talking about. So it's a course, it's a coaching program, whatever it is, but we break down every single step onto multiple dimensions. So first we look at what are they doing at each step along the way? And we literally go step by step by step. We start before they get into the program, all the way through the program, and then just beyond the program. And we look every single moment, what are they doing? And we, again, we write this through the perspective of that customer, not what are they doing? Like I sent them an email, it's I received an email. So we do that and then we break it down further. What were they thinking and expecting for each step? What were they using at each step? 
And once we look at all of that, then we ask ourselves the most important question, how are they feeling? And what you'll notice as you go through this is that it is a roller coaster ride for everybody. And when you really break it down, it's the most powerful avatar exercise you'll ever do. And so when you go through this process, like first identifying who that avatar is, then really going through their journey, you know them and can articulate what's going on for them better than they can themselves. And so that is, in my opinion, the absolute best way to identify where friction points are. In practice, like in the real world, you see it because customers aren't getting the results. You're getting lots of confused questions, or you're getting questions about defection or questions about wanting to refund or cancel or reschedule. You're getting people that are chronically not showing up. They're not watching your content. If you have like videos and things in a course or what have you, you see the engagement drop. You see the excuses increase. You see the frustration increase and you feel the disconnection if you're looking for it. Are they getting these results? Like, are they doing it? What are the things that have to happen that we know will get them those results, right? What can we do to improve? Like, where are you getting stuck? Especially if you're doing like one-on-one coaching and even in group coaching. I sent out a note to the people in that group that I was mentioning yesterday and said, hey, curious how you've done with this, how you've done with that. And by the way, are there things that are seeming really difficult that we could provide better support for? Are there things that you find confusing? Are there things that you find missing? incomplete. And if there's anything that you thought was like the most helpful piece of the puzzle that we shared, just love your insight. We want to get better. And we got a bunch of really interesting feedback. Most of it really positive. Some of it was super constructive. Like one person said, you know, like if you could give us like this specific guide that we can bring back to our teams and use that with them, that would be amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. That would remove 25 friction points from all these people because they're trying to figure out how to put this together to go bring it back to their team. I didn't give them the easy button to do that. You know, you got to talk, you got to have those conversations and learn, and it's never going to be perfect. And that's the beautiful part. You get to keep inventing, keep reinventing, keep improving all of this as it evolves. Now, while we're talking about things from their perspective, from the client's perspective, what do you believe is the emotional or psychological impact when they are on the receiving end of that constant over-delivery. We've talked a little bit about it, but I really want to, I want our listeners to really understand this from their perspective. I was in a mastermind networking group that was $25,000 a year. We met three times a year and I really liked the group. I was committed to staying in like you know, it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, like, this is great. Like, I enjoy going. I enjoy the people. Like, I'll always be a member. And then they started doing these, like, they started mailing us stuff and sending us stuff. And they were sending me books, like, literally boxes of books to read. And they were sending me forms to fill out and stuff. And at first, it's like, wow, this is awesome. Like, I'm building my library up of even more amazing books and whatever. And then, like, one day I looked and I had to buy a new bookshelf, literally, because I was out. And I had not read any of these books and they're sending me more and more stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Like I am wasting the value of this program. Like it's too much. And I dropped out. They lost a $25,000 client that had been in for four years because I couldn't consume what they were giving. And then I felt like I was being wasteful with my money. The feelings that I got made me want to not feel that way anymore. I just felt like I was overloaded, overwhelmed, and not taking advantage of what they felt were key benefits of the program that I was not taking advantage of. Yeah. 
I want to land that again, because I think that is so powerful to hear. This is how I heard it. I didn't know if this is exactly how you said it, but you said something like, I couldn't consume everything that they were giving me. So I felt like I was wasting my investment. Is that how you said that? 100%. You said it better, but that was my intention. And from a business perspective, how much is enough? What's the timing that people need? What is that cadence? What is the ideal journey? And what if I have five different avatars and it's a different time for each? How do I sequence all of that in? And it's something that we have to, as coaches, as business owners, we have to pay attention to that. I really want our listeners to hear this. We won't nail this right from the beginning. We'll do something. We'll take our best guess, our educated guess, until we get that feedback that says, oh, wait a minute. It's not what I thought. What's to do differently? Let's make some adjustments. And so we have to research and try. And from that, we gather the intel that helps us make those adjustments. Now, I've got a fun little question for you. Looking to the future of our industry, coaching, you know, the service-based industry that we're all in, how do you envision the balance of making sure we're delivering in a mindful way? What might be the next thing in strategically over-delivering? Any insights on that? That's a really fun question. I mean, look, sadly, I've been saying some of the same things for the last 20 plus years. And people are now starting to pay attention more and more because I think the only way to compete in the world that we are living in today and that we're going to be living in in the next couple of years, AI is everywhere, right? We all know that. There's people talking about it everywhere and it's an amazing tool. And the only way to compete in this world today is through the experience that you create. Like that's what you can own. The way you do your coaching, the way you and how you help people get results, the way you make people feel like 20 years ago, I was saying the same thing. It's just gotten more and more true or truer. Here's what I believe. I believe that you have to set absolutely clear expectations for people and take them through it. You have to manage those expectations as much as you possibly can. And you have to find those friction points. You have to find where it's hard for people and the moments to strategically over delivery are in anticipation of those friction points. Like the beginning is the most important part. We talked about onboarding quite a bit in the last time, always be onboarding. Whenever there's a key transition in a relationship, you need to wow them in the beginning of that. And wow doesn't mean through too much. It means through breakthrough. It means through aha, through epiphany, through something that perceives a quick win or valuable to them. And so I think as we go into the future, the customers are getting smarter. They're getting access to more information than ever before. They can find more competitors than ever before. They can find computers that can do things for free for them. They don't need the same things they needed before. What they do need is that understanding. They need to feel understood. They need to be supported in a way that only you all, we all can. And so it's time for us to step up our game and understanding our customers in a more intimate, deeper, and more impactful way and focus on their results. Focus on how we help them 100%. That is the way we're going to win in the future. And I believe that is the only way we're going to win in the future. I want to say preach it. My goodness. That is, uh, I was getting ready to do a summary, but you really did a great summary of all the things that we've talked about on this conversation. And I love that we really kind of broke apart that constant over-delivery that might be fear-based or driven. We talked about a lot of the telltale signs that we're constantly over-delivering, whether it's, you know, the drop-offs or refunds or lack of engagement or pulling back, that life gets in the way phrase. 
we talked about how it might be our enthusiasm getting the best of us and we're just like oh my god you need to have everything now because i know this is going to help you like either ends of those spectrums sends us into a spiral that overwhelms our clients and we talked about that myth that more is not always better that it just creates that overwhelm but i really love that you gave us the anchor that whether we're talking about constant over-delivery, strategic over-delivery, being intentional about it, the context is that important piece to the puzzle and that phrase in relationship to what and really getting clear on the expectations and the deliverables that we provide. And we talked about how do you identify those moments of friction and getting that regular feedback. We even got into the emotional and psychological impact from our customer's perspective. And you really went into a lot of detail that we can't just think about it as the coach, as the business owner, what would be nice for them. We have to become them, think like them. And I that little nuance that you gave us, oh, I'll send them this email in the beginning. No, 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 no. As the client, I received this email and you really had us get into their perspective. And that the mind blowing thing for me when you were talking about the psychological impact when our clients on the receiving end of that overwhelm experience is, you know, I couldn't consume everything they were giving me. So I felt like I was wasting my investment. So you stopped and it's like, whoa, I mean, that's what we don't want to have happen. And so you've given us so much to dive into so that we can be mindful about strategic over-delivering, but not giving too much, but giving when it makes sense to support our customers on their journey. Jason, any more parting words for our listeners? I mean, I love talking to you. I really appreciate you bringing me on here. And I love the way you summarized all this. Like you pulled out everything that I would have said. Honestly, I, the only thing I would add at all is just do something a little bit more focused on your customers. You don't have to do all of the things we talked about. You don't have to go through every moment of the journey. Find a friction point where you know someone's getting stuck and figure out how to just eliminate that one or reduce that one or set an expectation and help them get through that one. Do one of those, see what happens. And I promise you, that you'll have a better, happier, more engaged customer who gets a result. And more often than not, they'll actually thank you for it. Beautiful. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Jason for this great conversation and for coming back to the show. You can find out more about him at cxformula.com. That's C as in customer, xformula.com. And on the website, you can find more great resources. Jason, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thanks, Melinda. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mayor CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as To Lead Is Human and Horse Lap. Mishi Lance produced this episode. I wrote this episode together with her, and Cynthia Lamb is our supervising producer, and Danny Innie is our executive producer. To catch the great episodes on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Mayor CFM's YouTube channel or your favorite podcast player. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment or a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you and see you next time. Miracy. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. 
Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.